Real Kipper and Bourne. Still to come up, Darren Pang, NHL goalie, former NHL goalie. That would be really cool if he was still an NHL goalie. That, <laughs> I, I would, I would love to be, see that. Oh, my God. You'd be like <laughs> – no, I don't want to say it. <laughs> You're going to be careful? Just – it would be like – be like being at Chesswood Arena and watching the GTHL. <laughs> <laughs> well, things are different. Things are different. You know, it was. Uh, He's quite gold, comfortable gold where he changed. is. Yeah. And he gold is now a hockey changed. analyst on TNT. So we'll we'll get so much uh, into him uh, into the uh, NHL through him, and of course uh, find out how the the great one is transitioning to the broadcast desk that'll be interesting mark messi of course with espn that one i think we'll have to find uh as well to, to watch that because uh yeah. I, guys i could sit in a room have a beer with and just shoot the you know what like the stories the constant stories like it's, yeah i hope we get a few doing of those. it kipper I'm, I'm surprised they're doing it oh no I, no i am too because we know, like people sit there and go, "Oh, that's so glamorous," and I'm like, "Oh my it's a job. god!" <laughs> no, 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 no. Worse, it's a night job. Yeah, it's a night a weekend job. night job. Oh my god! But good on them. Good on them. Yeah. So, as we and we'll we'll get into this with with Darren a little bit too, in in terms of uh, the Barkov announcement that uh he signed we saw elliot uh, tweet out uh, earlier that uh, an extension's coming no real surprise that he is now amongst the big boys when you think of barkov he should be up there with all the highest paid guys uh 880 million oh over eight years with an aav of 10 and he got his signing bonus too i think 70 million dollars before you mean? you start each <laughs> before you play one regular season game you get a nice check uh Justin but no no surprise there right for the big guy what what's interesting to me JB and is is how it always comes back to the Toronto Maple Leafs and in particular how it makes Mitch Marner trend nationally like it, every contract every co- big contract now uh the social media world wants to always bring it back to Mitch Marner. I'm just I'm just blown away by this. I know. It's like there's nothing left to be said about the Marner contract. You can make the case that it was signed at a different time. You know, there was a big uh, crop of RFAs that year. It was in the context of Austin Matthews and Willie. It's not a good contract. We get it. But like I don't know if it's fair to the guy to Mitch Marner himself, every time someone signs a contract to talk about the guy, I understand why we're doing it. It's relevant for sports talk radio, but boy, it does feel like everyone wants to just dig in a little deeper on old Mitchie when he makes more than the next great player. And it's just, it's a broken record. Like it's all they do is just bring up the same thing over and over again. And they just use it as a different example. This time they're using bar cup. You know what blows me away, and I want to get Sam's uh, comments on this too, is that okay? You've got Leaf Nation, no, no question that you got these Leaf fans that from coast to coast they're out there. But I've never seen 
now in the last little while a fan base that eats their own like this one and i'll give you like i'll, I'll give you the biggest biggest example here is that Nylander fans hate Marner fans. And Marner <laughs> fans hate Nylander. And then you've got the Matthew fans that hate Marner because they don't think he's in the same scope. And then they got the Marner fans that go, you're damn right he's in the same boat. Last time I checked, he led the team in scoring. But it's like, can you guys all get together and just love one another? Is that so hard? Go, Leafs, go. Sammy, why is that? I I don't know. And I, you know, I watched a lot of Leaf games from 2004 on, you know, until about the 2015-16 range that were no, not a whole lot of fun with not a whole lot of good players and just, you know, a lot of crap. Let's be honest here. Not a lot of great teams. And all the fans ever did was say, oh, if we could only get that number one center. Oh, if we could only get that star winger. Oh, you know, if we could only get that top pairing defenseman. And now they've been given all of these things. They have Austin Matthews. They have two number one centers. They have John Tavares and Austin Matthews, Willie Nylander, Marner. And it just it all comes back to the biggest issue is the salary cap and that you don't get to talk about these guys as players. Every single one of these guys is always measured against what they what they make because of what's underneath the salary cap. So it doesn't let you enjoy it. I, hey, I've always said, get rid of the salary cap. Let the Leafs be Real Madrid. Let them spend as much money as they want. They carry the league financially anyway. Get rid of the salary cap. Well, you this is, yeah, say, go for it, Kipper. What do you got? No, no, no. That ship sailed, buddy. And now, Oh, yeah, that's gone. Gary, Gary Bettman's sitting in his NHL office listening to this and going, who is the Sam guy? <laughs> Who's Sam the keg? Who's, Who's Sam? This? <laughs> Sam Can we McPhee? get him off the air, please? <laughs> oh, well, know, well, listen. The Leafs, the Leafs spent... Uh, how much money did the bank pay the, the Leafs? They paid them a billion dollars to have their name on the rink, and they can't. They have to spend under 80 million bucks on their hockey team? Makes, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. No. This has long been one of my high horse takes that... It's like, get rid of the cap, abolish the cap, and let the big boys be the big boys here. Let's stop with this. Anyways, we don't need to go down that road. But the original question is, is, I have no idea why these separate fan bases, in terms of the players on the team, hate each other. I think people think, Nylander guys think that Nylander's better than Marner. Marner guys think that it's crazy that people think Nylander's better. Matthews is this. Marner's the engine of the team. I don't know why there's this infighting, and I, I truly don't know what it is. Maybe it's the contracts. Maybe it's no. just the way that we fight about everything. But it is. It's really you're, weird. But you're all around it there, Sam, with the exact idea that it's because the money takes away from the team's success. So, when, you know, Mitch's money is taking away from their ability to surround Austin with better Correct. players. And vice versa. Everyone blames because of the salary cap. You can't just enjoy the player. You have to look at their excess money as detracting from the team at large which is the problem it's you're right the salary cap if you're a Leafs fan it's a legitimate gripe it is one that's I think it's totally fair well I mean they didn't have a salary cap for a long time and they didn't win anything either so <laughs> no, like it's not necessarily the biggest gripe there was the early 2000s there was no salary cap and they still never made it to the final or had a chance at the cup there I guess they but made they it kind of deep but they, you know like this 
Yeah. Leave. What was that movie, uh, Major League, with Charlie Sheen? Do you remember that? Great flick. Yes, great flick. And do you remember that scene in the bar when they finally won? And then yes. the the Ricky Wild Thing fans all of a sudden hugged the Roger Dorn fans, and then the, all the fans were like hugging each other. <laughs> but after they won. Yeah, yeah. Only so, after they won. That's well, all that it, needs to happen. The Marner fans will hug the Nylander fans, and the Matthew fans will hug with the uh, the Marner fans too. Just, just win, just win, and and this is a moot point, right? And the other thing about that is this past playoffs, Nylander was really good. Nylander was their best forward, right? So that further incentivized the William Nylander, the as our boy Stewie liked to call them, the, the Nylanderthals or whatever. He, is that is that right? Did I say that right? Yeah, the Nylanderthals. Yeah. He likes to he, he they were really incentivized to be like, see, Nylander does show up when it matters. He is not he's not afraid to go in the corners. Blah 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 blah. So it's just it's a fascinating uh, case study on what Leaf fans like and what Leaf fans don't like, and it's just it's wild. What Leaf kills fans' me is dreams like... have been answered. They have. Four of the best players they've had in their franchise's history on one team, and they're still fighting about it. I think, yeah. listen, Roger Lajoie's biggest joke is that, you know, the, the day after the Leafs win the Stanley Cup, we'll be talking about who's going to play fourth line center the next year. So I think that's kind of comes with the territory. That's the way it's going to be. But, like, man, it's a, it, it's a cannibalistic um, fan base at the moment. Maybe not the day after. Maybe Maybe a, a week. week. Give them a week to just break the city in half, let it fall into Lake Ontario first. It is wild, though, just like talking to my dad about the Islanders teams that won those cups in the 80s and not knowing what other people on the team made. Like, to this day, he's like, you know, I think Bossy made 600, you know, but I'm not sure. Yeah, like just talking about year to year. Was that the case with you too, Kip? I can recall the first day the salaries were revealed in the newspaper and i've never seen oh, 20 chaos. guys at 61 averaging 200 pounds read one newspaper but i experienced <laughs> it on a bus and it was it was like a rat on cheese man you couldn't oh my god and then the conversations is like that guy makes what? <laughs> oh my God, that guy can't even stand up. He wears two left skates and he's making $60,000 more than me. Oh, and then the steam that would start coming through the ears and the sweat and the. But that's. How, how did that's it get it published, started. Kipper? What was the oh, first. We, 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 we pushed hard for it. We yeah. absolutely pushed hard for it. It was a conscious decision by the players the National Hockey League uh, Players Association. And we were like, oh, my God. That, that It's the it's the it's one of the greatest things to happen to the Players Association. For sure it is. Is all of a sudden what you find out your comparable is and pinning it in your next negotiations. And Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux, there, there were clauses, I believe, from – from Mario that said he he needed to be paid whatever Wayne Gretzky made I more. Love that. I more. love that. Just it, that was just give me more. twenty bucks more. more. Whatever it was, it was it was more. And I I think they just you know went 
went off each other, you know, on on their contracts. At least Mario did. I, I mean, Wayne Wayne was a little different because he tells a great story about having Bruce McNall give him uh, an open check and say fill it out, and he'd be like uh, <laughs> too embarrassed to, you know. Yeah. I would have loved him to write ten million back then and see what Bruce would have done, and he would probably would have just paid him. That's that's probably the truth. That's but it be. was it was huge to hear what other players were playing for us or, or uh, making for for our comparables, and it was single handedly the the number one thing that drove salaries up. And then, you know, but then, ahead, how Sammy. much infighting on a team would there be when guys knew that this guy was not performing? And like, I feel like zero, zero, zero. So Willie's zero. looking at Marner making four more million than him, and he's not saying anything. He's not feeling. No, some no, way no, about no, it. no, no, no. My era, there was yeah, zero. No this one though is is much different because we cheered because there's only one place for us with our salaries to go and that was up when you when you pulled it up mm. now when when Matthews or Tavares signed those contracts it only made the guys feel like if if you took that much of the pie you've left less for me mm. and now there there is internal jealousy i'm telling you right now absolutely you want to talk about bonding there is not an amount of bonding. There is no paintball. There's no golf. There's no go-kart racing enough to make a guy feel like you're making too much money. You don't deserve it. And you sucked my contract out. Mm-hmm. And that is an issue right now that's going around the league and it ain't changing anytime soon. Well, yeah, especially with the Leafs when you look at the top half of the lineup making however percentage of the cap versus these guys that they're just bringing in and out kind of at the bottom half of the lineup. It's just got – there's no way there's no sort of internal resentment. So, yeah, it's a... – we, we talked about this earlier, uh, and we, we, we got it back to Morgan Riley. It's yep. like time out here, guys. And, and Zach Hyman told them no. They tried hard to play that card with Zach Hyman. Zach, don't you want to win – you got a great thing with the community here. You're on a few commercials. They love you. Uh, please stay for, you know, $2 million less. And he's like, hold on for a second. And Morgan's going to do the same thing. Matthews looked after. Marner looked after. Nylander looked after. And I'm supposed to pay the freight for them? Not a chance. Yep. And you, you know what? That's, uh, you know, what bothers me about that is, you know, right now at the bottom of the roster, it's like you could keep Brooks or Engvall, and we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And there may be a scenario where you got to trade Pierre Engvall because you can't fit him under the salary cap by a few hundred grand. Like if you're a guy who might get sent down, if you're Brooks or something like that, because these guys couldn't have taken half a million dollars less on their salary, I imagine there's some resentment. Maybe it doesn't matter if the bottom guys resent the top guys. The fact of the matter is, is it pits guys against them and they're fighting over for one pie instead of a, you know, a greater pool like it was when you were playing, Kip. Justin, just wait when you watch uh, the parade between the Marlies and the Leafs this year. So what are they going to carry? One extra guy because of the salary cap? Okay. It'll be 20 some nights. Just wait when they start, when the smoke starts coming out of the MLSE building because they're figuring out ways to save 
a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars on call-ups and call downs. Earning that money. There yeah. will be there will be like there will be moments between uh, the Marlies and the Leafs when they call a guy up, and he won't even make it past the Gardner Expressway, okay? <laughs> and he's gonna get sent back, yeah. and he's gonna look he's gonna look like that that video game I used to play Frogger with his hockey bag <laughs> and his sticks, and all you're gonna hear is bleep bleep. Bleep, 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 bleep. And then he's going to jump back off the highway. And then he's going to go bleep, 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 bleep. And it'll be like, oh, my God, just as long as he doesn't get run over, send him back to the Marlies. And then, boom, Save- you, you've, you've saved $10,000 off the cap. Yeah, he was gone for three hours. We saved th- yeah, $13,000 bring him back. $13,000. Here's a guy <laughs> that didn't need to worry about <laughs> salary caps. And how much he saved the team, but I'm sure he played a game of Frogger or two along the way. Darren Pang. Kipper. Do you remember Kipper, Frogger? What are you doing, buddy? Buddy, do you remember the video I, game Frogger? I do. I do a little bit. I wasn't tall enough to reach the actual controls. So you were more, what, Donkey Kong? For sure. Donkey Kong for me, for sure. You, you've been around <laughs> me long enough to know that Donkey Kong or Pong or whatever that ping pong game was for sure i'd like to see you jump over a couple of those barrels i don't think you'd make it bud uh, there's not a chance in the world i'd make it you know that you know that as much as i know that huh former How nhl goalie congratulations oh yeah sure have you listened to the show i've derailed it about a thousand <laughs> times this week hey justin well, you're out of shape Kipper. <laughs> no no man we're it's training camp you're preseason how's the well, gig justin, good now, to be on with you as well I, congratulations Sorry, bud. Sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say no. you, you're a, a perfect partner for Kipper to keep him well balanced. I, I figured yes. this show was going to be a big hit, and it will be. I appreciate well, that. We're, we're working it out here. Congratulations to you as well, uh, TNT. Uh, do you feel like you've been – when you look at your panel now, do you feel like you just, you, you've just been called up? Yeah, after spending a, a year in Milwaukee, two in Saginaw, one in Halifax, and one in Indianapolis, yeah, I, I do feel that way. I, but I, you know what, Kipper, I felt that way when I got to, uh, honestly, when I, when I went over to, you know, my early years, and I went over to TSN and sat on that panel, and when I went to Sportsnet and I was with you and, and Doug and, and uh, Darren, I, I felt that way as well. I felt like, uh, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of care for the game and with great people, and now I, I look at this and I'm like you guys. I watch Charles Barkley. I watch the NBA. I think it's a phenomenal show. I love what they do. I love the way they they just do the game. And even the other night, I was watching TBS's production of the Cardinals game with the Dodgers. And halfway through the game, I said to my son-in-law, I said, Luke, you notice what's going on here in this game? And he's like, we're all obviously watching the Cardinals here in St. Louis. And he said, "Uh, no, what's up? And I go, there's no reporters. There's not a bunch of stories. They're not throwing it here, throwing it there. I said, it's just, the, it's just baseball. They're, they're just showing every pitch, and it's just baseball. And I said, I love that part of it. And I think that's, uh, that's kind of what we're going to do, um, you know, at TNT. But when I watch that panel, Kipper and, and Justin, I mean, talk, it's a great addition. You know, Biz Nasty's got his own following, and it's a good one. And then you got Wayne and Anson Carter. I think it's going to be terrific. And I, I think there's going to be some times where I – where I'm going to be able to get down there to Atlanta and be on the, uh, on the panel. And then that's going to be, I mean, phenomenal. So uh, it's going to be a hot stove group. 
guys that want to talk about hockey and enjoy it and, uh, and talk about whatever is relevant. And I think that's what's going to be great about it. We, we did a few panels on Wednesday nights, but there's, it's one thing for you to look over and see Doug McLean or me. <laughs> you, in your rehearsals, you've, you must have done a couple of double takes and looked over and said, is that really the great one? He's, he's, on, a, he's on a panel and what can we expect? What, what have you already seen out of 99 that well, uh, hockey can, fans can expect? Well, I can tell you already that he's got his sense of humor going because we were on a big Zoom call, production call, just two days ago. And actually, I was back in St. Louis. He was there on the set. And, uh, and so they were in this big room, which I didn't know about. And they were actually watching every one of us uh, individually on our little Zoom squares. So I didn't know that. I just figured they were, you know, just everybody was listening to uh, executive producers and what the thoughts were going to be. And, and sure enough, Gretz speaks up and he says, I just want to ask a question. I'm, I'm kind of listening. And he's like, Hanger, are your clubs clean? Because you've been, you've been cleaning your clubs uh, for, about, <laughs> for about six minutes now. And, and I just want to make sure that your clubs are clean. Everybody was breaking up. And, you know, and then I, I was giving Biz Nasty a, a jolt about his golf swing, and that's why he was on the panel because he's going to be a pigeon for these guys money-wise playing golf in Atlanta. And I mean, that, so anyway, I, I I think that you know Wayne's Wayne's he's really looking forward to it. Kipper, you know him real well. Uh, Justin, the, the guy is an incredible human being, and everybody's worried about will he say enough. I think this is the exact right environment for him, um, and and everyone's going to surround him with you know with first of all, um, I you know I. I no one, he's not going to be put in a, ba- a bad spot because he's Wayne Gretzky. He, he does what Wayne does. He manages to balance it out. But I think the relevant topics and the ones that people want to listen to, he, he's going to step up there and he's, going to, and he's going to talk about them with care and with passion. And that's what, uh, that's what we're all looking forward to. When, when, when his mouth opens, we're going to be like, okay, what's he going to say? And it's not going to be Charles Barkley. It's going to be Wayne Gretzky. And that's, that's been great for how many years now? So. I don't anticipate it's, it's going to drop off one bit. I think this is going to be great for hockey, really great for hockey to see he. And Rick Tockett's a blast. I mean, you saw that already on the, the first show. He's not afraid to say what's on his mind. No, that's awesome. We're all really looking forward to it. Um, you know, you've so you've had like, a well, obviously just tons of experience in, in all the big places covering hockey. How has it changed uh, the way the game is covered from when you first got into the broadcast side of things? I imagine it was less Paul Bissonnette at the beginning, but uh, it, it's obviously, I would say, is, is it fair to say more relaxed than when you started? Yeah, that it is a good question. I was trying to think about, you know, 1993, I got hired from by ESPN. And in 1993, in all our, in all our meetings and all our symposiums and everything that we had, you know, they talked about growing the game. They talked about telling stories. They talked about, you know, all the things that actually people are still talking about. So, um, you know, was there, I don't know, was there more pressure back then? Maybe not because people could watch it, read it. And if there was criticism of the show, maybe it came from, you know, USA Today, or maybe it came from a writer in Canada or, or what have you. But by and large, social media wasn't a factor. So, you know, we didn't, you know, we kind of didn't have to deal with all that. We went around towns and we were ESPN. We were the only, really the, the national network carrier. People knew us for, it was what, 13 or 14 years that we were on it. So there was familiarity all the time. And so, you know, I think overall we just went about our business, but I think now there's more pressure just because of social media. That's just, that's just my opinion, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, but man, you have one slip up and look out. Uh, It could be costly. 
here's the biggest factor for me here. And yes, social media for sure, because now people get to to do and say what they want on various platforms, some really big, some smaller as we know. But those podcasts, to me, has been the biggest difference. And whether it's, you know, the spitting chicklets or others, but now there is a demand, Panger, a demand from the listener that no, no, no bullshit. You're right. I have a stumpy moment there, but that's the best word I can come up with. They know, they know now what they hear and all they want is real honesty, sincerity, and you have to, you have to come off right. Authentic. And if, if they, if they, if you don't know, if it sounds canned, if it sounds corporate, if it sounds like there's ulterior motives behind what you say, they're not going to, they're not going to give you five minutes. And that's the biggest difference. If those podcasts did anything for anybody, it's bring it and just be as honest with your thoughts and you're good to go. And I think even Barkley and for sure Shaq have been able to do that for TNT. I agree with you on that. And, and, you know, it's one of the things that probably frustrates uh, Charles Barkley a little bit. And I know he's mentioned it, that, you know, that uh, there's so, so, so many outlets and such criticism of what you can or can't say before you get canceled. And, and like, he's like, I just want to, I just want to speak the way I speak and have fun. And, and, uh, talk about things so he is authentic and he's genuine um podcast you know they're they're good all my you know all the younger generation my i'm playing my son-in-law that my son you know they listen to a, a million of them and and they love the information they get they love the stories that they're going to get behind the scenes and you know some of those stories can be said and some of those stories you know kipper and Justin, they just can't be said you know you're going to you're going to burn somebody you're going to bury somebody else and Unless you're talking about yourself and burying yourself, then then that's okay. But I don't like it when I hear these podcasts and all of a sudden one guy's throwing another guy under the bus and the other guy's probably listening going, what it just happened here? I didn't want anybody to know that. But all in all, you're, you're you know, speaking about being authentic. I think that's the only way to be anyway. And Kipper, you've been around me a long time. I mean, you, you, you got to say what's on your mind. You got to say what's there. You got to have the energy and the passion. Uh, you have to have the knowledge, but you don't want to overwhelm people with knowledge because then you, then you act like you're the smartest guy in the room. You got to be fun. You got to tell stories, and then you got to bring it to the people. And uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that, and I, I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's going to happen there at, at TNT. And I'm sure ESPN's going to do the same thing on the American side. I think I think having the two networks uh, not compete with one another, but kind of competing with one another. Some people are going to like ESPN. Some people are going to like TNT. Just like in the NBA, when you watch the two. Um, but I think that's healthy and that's good for everybody. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring out the best in everybody. Panger, what are you, 25, 30 years now in the broadcast? Nobody brings it to the people like you. <laughs> Thanks, Kipper. I'm feeling younger and younger. Just, just had our third grandchild and, and our fourth on the way, middle of October. So um, I'm feeling like a spring chicken now, Kipper. Look out. Awesome. Congratulations on that. Okay, we need you to bring it to the people on a, on a couple of topics uh, first and foremost, uh, your initial thoughts on Carey Price and certainly what that means to to him, first of all, and, and what it means to you, the Montreal Canadiens. How surprised were you? And we were talking with Justin off the top of the show. I, 
I, I wonder now if we're going to hear more about athletes now needing to take time off. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the genuine uh, empathy, sympathy, whatever you want to call it, in, regarding you know Carrie or anybody else's situation is, is you know it's genuine. There's people out there that totally understand. As athletes, Skipper, we're probably you know a little thick-headed, and that's probably why so many post-hockey or post-athlete career uh, get into a little bit trouble because you know you do things and you don't want to let down your teammates. You do things because you think it's the tough thing to do and. And I, you know, I admire the guys that, that step out now. And if you have an issue, whether it be with substance abuse or alcoholism or mental health, and you step out, that's good. Um, it's, it's what should be done because you've got a long life afterwards, as you and I and Justin well know, that it's, uh, it's not easy post-career with what you do. And so taking care of yourself, doing the right thing, stepping away is a courageous thing to do. And I don't know exactly the details of Carrie. Obviously, I've read like everybody else, but I'm not inside that house or don't don't know. But all I know is um, he's a special person, and uh, and we you know we need him healthy, not just for the right now. We we need Carey Price for his kids, for his wife, for his family uh, later on. Yeah, you know, one of the questions that we had been kind of kicking around is how much of that is pressure and playing in big markets. And, you know, we kind of looped it back around to Toronto here. And, and there's this is the year of pressure. And these, there are some guys at the center of that. Mitch Marner's name comes to mind of guys who it's kind of now or never to prove it. And we've, you know, Nick and I, our first week uh, on a Leaf show, we have talked about the Maple Leafs ad nauseum. Uh, what is the perception of the Toronto Maple Leafs outside of the local market? Is there a thought that this is a contending team or are we doing a lot of navel gazing by putting them in that category when we discuss them well it's the center of the hockey you know universe as we well know and uh, everything gets magnified whether it's good or whether it's bad and um it just takes a special athlete to handle toronto and handle the market uh it just does um you know mitch marner's a fine kid he's a son of a parent he's a nephew he's an uncle he's you, you know you name it you go through the list and, and and he's a heck of a hockey player too um but, uh, but it's quite apparent that uh, we have a lot of great hockey players in this league, and they're not all from Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver or whatever. There's, they're, they're out there, and they're, and they're great players. And some players handle it with hot markets, and some players can't handle it with hot markets. And usually those players that can't handle it in a hot market like Toronto end up, end up going somewhere else and, and excelling. And that's only natural. I think that's been going on for almost 100 years now. So. Um, but as, you know, as far as Toronto, they'll always be talked about. They'll always have pressure on them. They haven't won since 1967 and they got one of the largest, you know, fan bases, uh, in all of the world. So the pressure is on them, but boy, oh boy, if they could win it all, well, that would be something else. That's a legacy. That's, that puts you in another, another echelon. Got to ask you, Panger, Robin Leonard, when you think of, uh, his last few days, do you think first, Right message, or do you think wrong delivery? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm one to keep things, whether it's my family or whether it's uh, any situation. I, I like keeping things, you know, indoors for indoors, and then uh, deal with them the right way. And I I, I I particularly didn't really enjoy reading any bit of it, uh, not whatsoever. Um, I just I I don't think it's right for an athlete on one team, you know, to go after an individual like AV on another team or a player or a coach or an organization or the league. I think uh, with all Robin Leonard has gone through, 
and he's experienced that a lot of things, but, and he's gone through a tough time and I get that, but he's had the support of the NHL. He's had the support of teams. And I don't think this was the time to just go out there publicly typing on a small keyboard and throwing people under the bus that you may or may not have accurate information. So I, uh, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I, I know what he was. I think I know what he was overall thinking, but I didn't really enjoy it. Um, as a representative of the National Hockey League, the Players Association, trainers around the league, coaches around the league that he's never even played for. All right, last one for me there, Panger, and then we'll let you go. I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on another hot-button issue right now, which is just the, the Jack Eichel situation. And, you know, a lot of us hoping to see this guy on a, in an NHL jersey sometime this season, hoping this doesn't drag on too far. Uh, what are your thoughts on what seems to be a, a bit of a standstill for the Buffalo Sabres and their former captain? Yeah, this is not the way you write things up. That's for darn sure. Um, really a, a sad, sad situation because he's a, you know, he's, he's a big piece of what we thought was going to turn around the, the Buffalo Sabres. And now that's been all messed up. So, um, you know, what can I say about it other than Pat Brisson's got, you know, he's, he's got the ability now to, as he's doing, to talk into teams, to have the medical reports, to uh, put everything, you know, in front of every NHL general manager. And I, Pat's got such a great rapport with so many managers around the league that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this can, can solve things up. But Justin, this is, this has been no good for, for Kevin Adams. It's been no good for the Buffalo Sabres and, and a really a, a, a tough situation all the way around. And I guess, you know, I'm like everybody else. I don't have the medical reports in front of me. Um, all I know is when I watch Jack Eichel play, uh, the puck's always around him and he's a, and he's a, you know, he's obviously a darn good player. So um, I think if, if it ends up that he ends up going somewhere else and, uh, you know, and, and has a good run at it, we'll look back at this thinking, okay, what, what did Buffalo do? Why did they do it? And why did they lose such a great player? So it puts a lot of pressure on Kevin Adams and Buffalo now with the deal they're going to make to make sure that they get, you know, a centerpiece back. And I don't know how easy that's going to be. Everything kicks off for the Toronto Maple Leafs next Wednesday against the Montreal Canadiens, 7 p.m. on Sportsnet. Prior to that, 24 hours earlier, National Hockey League gets going with Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay and the Kraken and the Knights. That'll be a fun game. Can we expect you on, on the panel Tuesday night? You know what? I'm going to be actually Tuesday night's going to be ESPN. Wednesday night uh, will be, uh, I will be on the second game of the double header uh, with Brendan Burke and with uh, Jennifer Botterill. We will be in Colorado with Chicago and Colorado. And then the next week I'll be uh, Las Vegas and St. Louis. So for the first little bit, I'm going to be uh, doing some games and being on the road and, uh, and enjoying that part of it, Kipper. I, I'm really looking forward to it. And, of course, you know I've got golf set up uh, everywhere we go. Colorado, Arizona, <laughs> Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> uh, if, if you're not with Gretz uh, uh, on Tuesday night, who's going to bring him coffee? Well, <laughs> on Tuesday night before the show, he'll be out at some fine restaurant right there and Pocket will be ordering the wine. I'll just tell you that right now. That's my kind of research before the game. (laughs) Darren Pang, former NHL goalie and now star analyst on TNT. Panger, thanks for doing this, pal. Thank you very much, fellas. Anytime during the year, and and good luck with it. I know it's going to be great for you both. Take care, man. Thanks, Panger. We appreciate you, buddy. Darren Pang. That was good. He's He's got great energy, eh? 
You know what you said in there that really struck with me, Kipper, is authenticity, and that's what Panger's always had. No one wants no one wants anything but authentic anymore. There you you go. just can't put it on. There you go. And I, I got to be honest with you, um, I was kind of like he, he he made it abundantly clear he did not like Robin Leonard's comments. No, and, yeah, yeah. You know, again, everybody's you know sensitive to his history and his battles, but. There is something to be said about how to how to deliver a message. And, you know, I can tell you behind the scenes, uh, well, publicly, Alain Vignon is trying to stay calm. But behind the scenes, man, he was really pissed. Yeah, he was. Eh? Yeah, he was. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Like, what are we talking about here? Do you have something to say? Do you have, a, you know, I, I agree that we were all very quick to praise what Leonard is working towards, but that, that was a really unproductive way to go about it. And, uh, you know, could have hurt some people in the process too. So it sounds like they've reached a solution on that, but it certainly wasn't great. And I'm, I'm with Darren Pang as well. And it's funny that you do listen to some people and some people, they're not, they're not giving Wayne Gretzky a chance to, to be really good at this. And it's true. You know what I say to them? Where has this guy ever failed? Where has this guy ever looked bad? When? Why would you ever bet (laughs) against Wayne Gretzky or even Mark Messier to to a certain degree with all their success, all their championships? Everything's been methodical with them. And you you think they're going to go there and, and look like idiots? I don't think so. No. I, I am curious to see how he strikes the balance because you talk about authenticity. Uh, he is authentically nice, and sometimes that is not. I I'm with you. Let's let me. I'll just zip my lips and sit back and and watch Wayner do his thing because he definitely knows what he's talking about. So that they can't go wrong from there. Toronto Maple Leafs make their return back into the city off a couple of days of bonding. <laughs> In Muskoka. Maybe that's what we should do this weekend, Justin. Go to I think the we can get Sportsnet to uh, to pay for two days up in Muskoka. Maybe a little uh, Rocky Crest, uh, 18 holes. And, hey, it's it's just it's for the company. It's just it's for making the show better to win, to win. There's no way we wouldn't come out ahead from a bonding weekend in the Muskoka, as you, me, and Sammy going to play a couple of rounds of golf. There's some some nice wine, Wayne Gretzky wines. I think you guys could pick up down there. I think we'd be all right. <laughs> how's how's the bonding from for for Michael Bunting? Because all this guy has done is fill the net. He goes up to Muskoka. He comes home on the fourth line. <laughs> <laughs> he must have. He must have punched someone. <laughs> that's that's debonding. That's not bonding. That's yeah. that's not. That's being unglued. <laughs> I don't know what are happened you, up there. Uh, are Are you okay with that? You think he'd be okay with that? You think he's? Yeah. I have. I are have a surprise? theory. On this. Are you surprised? I am surprised. I am surprised. Not. You're not because of the because no. of McKay of complaining. No, no. Give me your thoughts first. My thoughts are that whoever you start on the top line, you put in a position to fail. No one just gets given that spot in game one and ends up there in game 82. 
you know, and everyone says, well, that was perfect. They set their lines before the season, and that's how it stuck. I think if you look at Michael Bunting as a guy that you want to be there, you put him in a position, you say, hey, we're paying him. You know, what are they, what are they paying him? One and a half? I don't even know exactly what it is. We're not paying him much, and he's on the bottom four, bottom six. We're, no expectations. And then, when he has some success, he can get that confidence going, boost him up in the lineup. He, you know, I, he can find his way there. I think it, it's in a good position for him to find success. Well, I, I'm I'm with you in terms of starting him down and and working your way up. And I think he can play anywhere. the 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 first thought for me is that by having Bunting down in your top six, is establishing a line that can be difficult to play against. And I've played with guys that can drag you into a fight, can drag you into those dirty areas, a scrum. Like, I mean, scrums, they're too far and few between. I don't need guys dropping their gloves. Hey, what did you think of Matthews in playoffs against Sherratt, smiling last year in that scrum to start things off? I hated it. Oh, I'm so glad I asked. Hated it. Did you? The first thought is, no, don't ever let anybody do that to you. I don't care. Inner squad game, practice, exhibition game, regular season game, Stanley Cup playoff game. Do not let anybody ragdoll you and do not just smile. I did not like that. Yeah. You know, it's... It's a bad look. Well, the idea is that you can't rattle me. You can't get me off my game. Like, you're a joke, right? This doesn't bother me. I'm above it all. And if you go out and score a bunch, and that looks yeah. really good. Yeah, and it looks really bad if you blow a 3-1 series lead, too. It just doesn't look good and, in the rearview mirror. You know, it, you it's twofold. I get it. It's twofold. If, you're, if you think you're up or you're the better team and you end up winning, then it's taking the high road. Right, yeah, taking the high road. You didn't. You didn't get to me. You didn't rattle me. You didn't. But just optically, I hated it. You know. That's funny. And, At the time, yeah. I thought it was great. But I now I'm I'm kind of with you. Maybe it would have looked better to go back and punch him in the cheeks once. Well, and I and Matthews is a big, strong guy, and I think there's just so much more for him to kind of utilize that, and I. I I would love to see him get a little nastier. I, I guess really the would. idea is that you want to drag Matthews into that fight if you're Montreal, well, right? Like you're trying he, to get him to care about that. He, uh, you just look at certain guys that, uh, like a Kopitar or Malkin, and there's just still a little bit of that nastiness there. And you know, as long as Toronto will start and finish this season with Matthews and. Tavares going one, two up the middle. I, I'd really like to see one of them get just a little bit more snarly. That's the only thing missing mm-hmm. out of the one, two is the skill is there and the offense is there, but there are times when you, you gotta look like you can carve a guy's eyes out with your stick every yeah. once in a while, you know, and I'm not saying do it, don't yeah. do it, but just, look like you might be able to because that's how ticked off you are and who's been our best player boys sammy who's been the best 
guy for 10 years out there getting a job done and uh, it's Sidney Crosby but there is do you remember those exchanges between Chara and Sid year a few years ago where like Sid ain't giving up an inch and there's no. just yeah. there's just no way you're ragdolling Sidney Crosby because Sidney no, will fight. get up and he will spear you between the eyes right yeah he, you and, know what it reminds and me of sorry the legs and between the and legs, between the legs here and there. That's do you right. Remember, do you remember when uh, Bill Guerin two-handed? I think it was Brett Draney in like Dallas Stars training camp. Do you? There's yes. a video of it. Like, it's one of those things where a rookie takes a run at you, and he just. I mean, it's violent. It's really violent, and you probably can't do that. But you would love Austin Matthews to get on SportsCenter once this year for, you know, for giving a guy an extra chop. Take a take a five minute slashing major if someone takes a liberty on him, just to let people know he will. And I think if the, if he has a little bit of of that element, you know, maybe this is a poor example, and people are just going to say you're another Neanderthal. But Dale Hunter would. Oh boy, Dale Hunter, right? One of the Speaking one of the of one of the best. One of the best point producers and penalty minute <laughs> munchers in the history of Fantasy the game, right? Dream, yeah. Oh my gosh, a dream. He's like Kipper. Every once in a while, you got to get suspended. It keeps them guessing. <laughs> oh my god. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. If you have that, if you have a little bit of that reputation, that he, yeah, he can get pissed off. He can get pissed off, and he can. He'll club you one, and he yeah. knows he doesn't care. And if if maybe if Tavares and Matthews had a little bit of that come playoff time, it might help them. But even even McDavid fellas sometimes gets a little yeah. bit of a burr under his saddle and gets a little oh, nasty. Here there's there. an edge even, there. Yeah, and 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 the and the fuse is getting shorter and shorter. It is getting a shorter. Of success. So that's why, yeah. right? Brad Marchand. Remember Brad Marchand? It's like, and then he still turned himself into a star, and the points went way up. But did that guy give an inch off that edge that I'm talking about? Not in the slightest, man. He's still a guy with a short fuse, and he'll still produce, and he still finds himself getting a ton of room in the playoffs. So, got a bit of breaking news here, fellas. Not necessarily pertaining to the Leafs, but potentially to the Leafs here. And it's starting at 12.01 a.m. on Saturday. The Ontario government will allow 100% capacity limits at movie theaters, concert venues, meeting spaces, and for other select events and venues where showing proof of vaccination is already required. So, potentially, I'm not sure what that means potentially, but, you know, that could mean Wednesday night, full barn at Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, I do know. I do know that I've I've spoken to a few uh, on the inside, and MLSE and the Leafs were expecting full capacity for opening game. Love to hear that. Really? Yes, yes. That was the expectations going into Wednesday that they they thought that they'll have full capacity. So it like let's go. It it, it really yeah. sounds like it's it's heading in that it's direction. Time. That's time. You know, we we have, you know, everyone there will be fully vaccinated. Numbers in the province are, you know, low and maintaining at a fairly consistent level. Let's go, boys. Let's let's do it. I, I'd be really excited I, for that. I think the, I the can't imagine 
I can't imagine what that energy is going to be like in in there. You know, after a full year. I mean, I went to a couple of those Jays games when they came back at fifteen thousand, and it was incredible atmosphere and like some of the most fun I've had at Blue Jays games. But to go back to Scotiabank Arena, Toronto Maple Leafs, the different relationship with the city. Let's be honest, and the the, Blue, the people love the Jays, but the Leafs opening night against the Habs. 20,000 people in the barn, everybody going nuts, big introductions. That's going to be pretty special, fellas. I, I, I'm really hoping that, that that comes to fruition and they can get a full barn there because that would be spectacular. Does not sound like Matthews uh, will get any exhibition games. Uh, no. Maybe he'd think, like th- one, but that's safe to say that uh, it's gearing up for him uh, to start Wednesday night against the Montreal Canadiens. The only question I ask you guys is, how is he dressed, Sammy, when he walks <laughs> in the building? Is he wearing – is the dress code going to be a little looser? Because I, I think he had some some choice words on that. You got the clip? Sammy wants them to fold the Coyotes before Matthews <laughs> leaves to go play for them. Yes. I don't know. That that He sounded way too excited about that. Sound more excited about fighting Ben Chirot than how you dress, I guess, is the way I want you to, to feel. Is that too hot takey? <laughs> the, the, the thing that I would have never believed in my lifetime is hearing the words from a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs that essentially – we should be more like Arizona. <laughs> like, yeah, that should, don't you want to do that everything should this never beat? happen under any circumstances. You should never, ever, under anything, say that we should be more like Arizona. It's not like Matthews dresses like what Russell Westbrook. He's got, you know, some sort of uh, fancy gear. The dude wears Drew House hoodies from Bieber, flip-flops and socks, like, or sorry, slides and socks. Uh, I don't know if I see him as some style icon. I know he's, he's got some style, but boy. You know, the worry here is in, in three years, you, you, can, you can be under any rule with Arizona. Yeah. Right, that's yeah. that's what Leaf fans are all now thinking. Yeah, that's is what like, I worry oh about. my goodness, if if he likes their dress code so much, just wait in three years, you could you could sign with them for for all the clothes in the world that uh, include flip flops and a, a pair of shorts. It could it be a coincidence that Arizona is tearing it down right now and starting a big rebuild to peak in about three years, right when it's time for Austin Matthews to be a UFA? I'll say, Austin, you're the final piece. We've got three f- first overall picks now. Justin, that, that blows that blows me away that that they have been losing twenty or thirty million dollars a year forever, and yet. Yeah, we're going to suck for the next three years and we'll just wait for, for Austin Matthews. I'm like, I, come on. Can you believe that that, that yeah, would be that's not remotely true? Like, how, how much are you going to lose in that time? 
Kipper, I lived in Chandler, Arizona for three years right after my playing days, and you could go to the gas station near my house, and if you bought a, a 12-pack of Diet Coke, you got two Coyotes tickets. So I oh can't – to turn around the market, to turn it around, I don't know how you get there ever, and it maybe it is someone like Austin Matthews has to get there. A superstar needs to be there, someone. You know, the, the one thing that maybe I'm kind of noticing a little yeah, bit too – the one thing that I am noticing a little bit too is, you know, the NHL's now uh, push to, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, Latino community hitting spots. Mm-hmm. There's talk about uh, going to Mexico for an exhibition game, and cool. you know, Austin would would lead the charge in in a new complete, you know, demographic for the National Hockey League, and whether or not maybe in three years uh, that that building. that that could play into it and and markets like Arizona and LA um you know where S- spanish is is big right i mean he, he's going they, i'm convinced Matthew's oh, no, going no, to no, the coyotes no, no. start oh the rumors the hey, what, do you, what do you think Sammy? hey am, am i scaring leaf nation yes. right now yes yeah it's a leafs okay. podcast we just I, talked ourselves into matthews to the yotes i absolutely loved in the all or nothing when they were talking with uh austin's parents who seem like beauties by the way but the whole the gun shooting thing was interesting but i loved when they were talking about matthew's mustache and his and his mexican mother was like oh you know it just makes him look so mexican and she just yeah, had this like big it. smile on his face she just loved hey, it i loved but, that but, but but quite the visual to start with hockey parents though right yeah like, shooting guns be, like like sniper rifles like first of all guys arizona oh yeah that's all you do yeah, where are those like golf my, and shoot. My, my first thoughts are where are those bullets going like what, <laughs> what they never did show the target by the way this is the desert they just go on uh, infinitely i don't know they fall eventually it's the 54 year old demons of the state like, of the leaves that was their target you know, you know what the beauty is after that uh all or nothing now is that you know, if if there are any issues with the Leafs, and you know now you go in there, uh, you know if the parents want a meeting with Sheldon or or Kyle, right? <laughs> I mean, they gotta listen. Yeah, do, do, do you remember watching us? Shoot, <laughs> like, you, you know, you gotta really listen now. You know, you're not. You don't want to piss That's... off the Matthews family. That's my point right now. What's hey. he want to do? He wants to PK. A... He wants to did be. You... He wants to be a D man. Fine. Did, did you notice our hobby? You really want to make me angry right now? No. Um, no that's a different world got, down there. Got a good text. For, I got a good text for you here, Kipper. Oh, you got it? Yeah, like we, we teed it up. You got to well, hit us a little here. bit now. It, this is from Alex in North Bay. You were the best in North Bay, Kipper. Do you have a best memory with the Centennials? Oh, my goodness. I got uh, a, a ton. Uh, but initially uh, – my mom didn't want me to even go up to North Bay, right? She's like, uh, like, that's there's wolves up there, and I'm like, no, mom, no, mom, they're, they're, those are in Sudbury. They're called the Sudbury Wolves. We're the we're the Centennials. But uh, Bert Templeton got on the horn, and he convinced my mom that wow, I can go up there. I was not going up there. They were not going to let me go up there. I bounced around from couple of high schools I, I was the last cut with the kitchener rangers and i i went up there um and he said i'll look after him he's not going anywhere i'm not trading him i'm not sending him down anywhere he's here to stay school and hockey and uh 
Bert was true to his word, but ice fishing guys, Lake, Lake Nipissing, uh, like ice. I'm, I'm from the big city, man. I'm a Toronto guy. They're taking me out in huts yeah. on the lake and there's cars. I'm digging a hole. I'm like, <laughs> where the hell am I? You know, we're talking like, about guns awesome. far enough south. I think once you go far enough north, the guns come back. You're kind of between all the weaponry. <laughs> I went to universe. I went to university in Alaska, and I can tell you, it is another place. A uh, lot of guns, a lot of guns, but also the ice fishing and all the rest. Different world. Yeah, than, uh, yeah. those places. But, uh, it's true. Canadiana, junior hockey, small town. You go from playing. Uh, minor hockey to signing autographs and it was just a one of the best experiences in my life uh going up there as a you know you're 16 17 years old and all of a sudden you're on your own and making decisions that will affect the rest of your life it's not easy sometimes kids can handle it sometimes they can't i'm very fortunate that it, it worked out for me what else we got Definitely. sammy and wow, I'm just going to say that, oh, that the, um, I'm up here in uh, Own Sound for uh, Thanksgiving weekend and the Own Sound Attack play their first home game in, you know, two years. So people Ooh. are going to be fired up up here for it. The ticket's going to be one of the hottest tickets in the history of hockey up here. So it's already sold out. But now that they announced that uh, you can have fuller venues, maybe, uh, maybe they're allowed to go. But uh, yeah, so love that. You got another one for us, Sammy? Yeah, I just I accidentally exited out of uh, the text here. So, you know, just a little Jeopardy music here, fellas. Maybe, Kipper, you can say another swear word on the radio to get us, keep us going here. Oh, yeah. No, I'm done. <laughs> Charles from North York. I want some more Seneca Hill and historic North York content from Kipper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, you know, uh, um, I just remember I'm in grade two and um, this girl, Kathy Osiello walks in with a Daryl Sittler Jersey and Daryl was my hero. And I spent like a year and a half trying to convince my mom that I got to get a Daryl Sittler Jersey too. So that was my mission for, for a good 12, 18 months, Doug Laurie sporting goods uh, store. You remember that one? Doug Laurie. Maple Leaf Gardens, no, that was the store with all the jerseys. Took me a good two years, but uh, it was it was Kathy that inspired me to uh, to seek out a Daryl Sittler uh, jersey, and I finally got one. Thank Love you, it. Kathy. So uh, here, this is from MLSE. Uh, we got a statement here, uh, fellas, about my breaking news that I came in here with. I'm very, I'm going back to my roots at 680 News here, fellas. But throughout the process of reopening venues to fans, which included work, working closely with the province over the many months, health and safety has been our, our shared top priority. And we are overjoyed to see this day arrive. We are able to welcome a full venue to cheer on the Toronto Maple Leafs and Raptors. So there we wow, go, fellas. Confirmed. Yep. There you go. So it's wow. real simple. You want to cheer for the Leafs? Make sure you're vaccinated. There it is. Isn't that great? Nice and simple. I am so excited about that. I was watching some highlights of games uh, in the bubble, and I got to tell you, boys, it was lean. We talked ourselves into some real oh, yeah. low energy. Give the players all the credit in the world, but we're going to look at those clips over the years when they come up and just be like, do you remember that? That? I was a true hockey fan if you stuck it out through that. Even at the start of this playoff run, when, you know, we're watching the Leafs and Habs play in the North, you know, 
and there's no fans, there's no atmosphere. And then I'm watching Florida and Tampa play. Tampa. And there's the <laughs> people are like climbing on the glass and there's fights. And it's like, this feels like a different sport. So it's going to be nicest to see the people in the crowd again, hear the roars. And you did take it as a player, at least for me. And you fed off the energy every time you stepped on the ice. But there is an easy way to take it for granted. And mm-hmm. I just, it's it's kind of good for the players to to now walk in again to a building that's full, especially here in Canada, because they've experienced already south of the border. But to to now feel that energy Wednesday night, and it's great energy. And some players, as we know in the league, love it just as much to be hated and booed by 20,000 people. That's their motivation. That's their extra juice. It's, Gallagher's going to be fired up. Bring it on, right? But holy man, did we miss that energy. Yeah. And you know what? There's an element to me of professional sports where managing your emotions within a crowd is a part of the challenge and part of the experience. You know, like watching uh, majors in golf. You know, Bryson DeChambeau wins his one major with no uh, no fans around. It's like, you know, could he have done it if everyone was around and heckling? Would it have been the same? Would things have changed for in in the Leafs and Hab series? You know, in either direction, had there been passionate, loud fans at those games? I genuinely believe that fans could impact the outcome of games and managing how to you know that adrenaline is part of being a, a pro athlete. And and don't tell me for one second either. Justin, that uh, the fans, especially intelligent ones that know the game, uh, can can influence a referee as well. And oh I know yeah, it, good. Call. I know, I know it's. I know these guys are pros, but don't tell me for one second they don't start feeling the weight of twenty thousand people going, "You owe us one." And yeah, that that was just never there, and they're they're probably. <laughs> The refs are probably the ones that uh, aren't celebrating. Oh, the biggest uh, losers, losers and others by far. Yeah, <laughs> right. All of them should go to their own union right now and be like, "Listen, we're going to need an extra fifty k each to deal with this. This is going to be mayhem." All right. Well, that's uh, something that we're we're really Last looking forward to. Last text for you, Kipper. To. Okay, says, pal. Hey, Kipper. Doug Laurie Sports is in Barrie, Ontario. Still, come for a visit, and that's from Keith and Barry. So there you go, bud. <laughs> Nice, Keith. And uh, do we continue to get the, the discount? Any mention, <laughs> any, any mention of the real Kipper and Bourne discount? No, no. Dar- a Daryl Sittler jersey is probably $325 now. I'm not sure what it yeah. was when you bought it. but Vintage. I, honest, that's a really good question, but I think they were going for about 20 22 That's not cheap. And that was all the money in the world right there. Yeah. Well, no, I, this is why that you had your parenting talk with us the other day about how kids today sometimes need to hear, have the hard lessons, and sometimes they need to earn their own their own way. I bet you made your kids work to earn their money, didn't you? They had to do chores so they could buy their own version of a Daryl Sittler jersey. Yeah, I wish I – can I go back in time? Can I pull a little bit of uh... – <laughs> Back to the future. Maybe maybe there's a couple of times I gave away that jersey a little too easy. Yeah. <laughs> You're making that big okay. NHL, though. A fun <laughs> week, guys. You know, really it's fun awesome. week. Um, I, just on a note, you know, talking about North Bay um, and, and Canadiana, 
uh, billets and what they've meant. Uh, we lost a really good one in Brenda Lloyd, someone that's been a part of the North Bay family for a long time. So my, my condolences to the Lloyd family, Jack, uh, Samantha and Scotty. Um, my hearts are with you. Uh, Brenda Lloyd, one of the best. On that note, thanks for listening to the Real Kipper at Born Show. We are back Monday, and I can't wait. Thanks for listening, everybody.